all gas, no brake. We're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. The kid stepped up. The kid stepped up. Where's two? Waggy sauce, Gardner. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Jets Way podcast tonight. It's just Jake and Sean. A little bit of a throwback to the old days, Sean. I think it's been a while <laughs> since it's just been the two of us, no other guests. So it's a little blast from the past. Lorenzo will be back with us next week. Tonight, we'll just talk about the news and notes with the Jets. Uh, some recent news. The Jets have their mini camp practices going on. We'll touch upon that, as well as some free agency visits. And also, we're continuing the positional breakdowns after a week off with the pass catchers tonight, the wide receivers and tight ends. Before we get into all that fun stuff, Sean, how are we? We're good. I'm good. Uh, I think it's been like two weeks, right, since our last episode. This one without Lorenzo, but a blast from the past indeed. Back to the old days. Back, back to the old days indeed. And, uh, yeah, that, that that's pretty much it for tonight. Not really much of a hockey fan, so we'll see what happens with the Ranger games. Both New York baseball teams doing well. New York basketball, the Nets will be fine. <laughs> Maybe. I would, I, it, it's funny because the one New York sports team that I love to poke at the most is the Knicks. I don't know why. They've I, been it, down for so long. I, yeah, but here the thing is, though, it's just like it, I, it was never like that either. It was never like that. When they had Carmelo, I didn't hate them. Like when they – Jeremy Lin, that was a good story. Uh, what other chapters of their history? But it was – it really irked me when everybody thought they were getting KD and Kyrie. And everybody told me, including yourself, I might add, they're not going to the Nets. They're coming to the Garden. Why would anybody go to the Nets? I mean, the question still remains, why would they go to the Nets? It hasn't exactly worked out for anybody there. But I mean, there's still we, time. There's still there's, time. Exactly. There, there is absolutely still time. And guess what? As a Net fan, I don't care if it ever, if it never works out. You take that chance. Oh, 100%. You take the chance to do as good as you can. But just how do you choose Brooklyn playing at the Barclays over the, the Madison Barclays. Square Garden? The Barclays is a nice arena. It's like, I nice, guess the, but I guess it's the, a Knicks town. It's a Knicks town. It's a Knicks town. I mean, is it really? I mean, this, oh, I, it is. I, did, I see Spike Lee sitting courtside for the Nets games. Yeah, that guy's done. He's finished. He's dead to me. Stephen A. Smith also. It, that guy's a loser. I, I like Stephen A. Smith. I like Stephen A. Smith. He's, he's I, a I think fake he Knicks a lot fan. Of I think he claims to be a Yankee fan too. He's a fake Yankee fan. Oh, he's not a fake Yankee fan. Yeah. He's not really he, a baseball. He, what he doesn't know just, anything about baseball. He's not a good fan at all. Right for for football though, it's interesting because he had that little uh, snippet about the Jets, where saying that we were destined to finish in last place. I didn't like that, but or he said something like it, it's reserved for the Jets, which is last place. I, I didn't appreciate that comment. I, I didn't, and he also, giving his uh, very in-depth analysis on this Jets team, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, it's funny enough, we're talking about the pass catchers tonight. He goes Davis and Mims and those boys when talking about our receivers. <laughs> this guy brings up Denzel Mims. Dude, he has no idea what he's talking about, especially when it comes to football. There was yeah. that clip of him like a, a few years ago when he was talking about Hunter Henry. Like he was out the entire year. And he's talking out about the Hunter entire Henry. year. It's funny because he changes his football team 
every like two years. He's a Giant fan one one year, then a Steeler fan, and then a Packers fan. Bozo, Bozo. When it comes to football, but I think he's entertaining. <laughs> I do. He, I guess so. You're not wrong. I look forward to hearing his analysis, especially when he rips the Knicks apart. It's just music to my ears. It's just he, he's like a cartoon character at this point. I don't, I don't really put any stock into what he says anymore. It, it's just pure comedy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's start off with the news and notes today being the most recent news for the Jets. They brought in offensive tackle Riley Reef, a former first-round pick for the Detroit Lions of 2013, spent last season with the Bengals, more known for his work with the Minnesota Vikings. That's where he had his best years as a pro. Joe Douglas looking for – help on the offensive line, particularly at the tackle position. The Jets have had numerous free agent visits after the draft with Quan Alexander, Larry Ogunjobi, and now Riley Reef. Sean, tell me what this visit says and your thoughts on uh, potentially adding Riley Reef. I think it says they're looking for some tackle death. I mean, behind Becton and Fant, really, who is there that we can depend on at all. So they're trying to bring in a guy who's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. I don't know too much about him or how good he's been in the past, but, you know, O-line death is, is always great to add. He wasn't great last year uh, on that Cincinnati offensive line. He was part of that group that almost got Joe Burrow killed quite, quite literally okay. in the Super Bowl <laughs> and, and all season long. But like you said, we're not bringing him in here to start, and we are currently in June. Where are we finding a tackle that's – great and doesn't have any issues this isn't Morgan Moses was an interesting case last year that's a guy that has been a proven starter in the league and he was cut late he didn't have enough time to really find a new team during free agency like he did this year and he found a home within that first two or three days of free agency he with the Baltimore Ravens good for him but maybe something like Morgan Moses happens again Moses wasn't great for the Washington now commanders in his last year there, but he wasn't as bad as, as Reef was. But just going back to what you said, who else do the Jets really have, right? We know what Chume Dolga is. Never had any flashes of brilliance. Riley Reef at least has somewhat of a track record. Max Mitchell, the rookie, might be more of a developmental redshirt type year. But a lot of people say he might honestly kick in to play guard, uh, Max Mitchell. I, I'm not an offensive line guru at all, but – and also there's Connor McDermott, who, let's face it, is just not good enough to play on an NFL field. Uh, good guy and all, probably, but just, no. We, we can't have him playing snaps. So this is good for Douglas, bringing more tackle help. I was listening to the Rich Samini podcast a couple weeks ago. He brought up Eric Fisher, a name that I also brought up, too, after the draft. So I, I expect the Jets to bring in some help at tackle. Because like you said, we are an injury away from a disaster. Absolutely. I mean, if Fan or Beckton go down, I mean, tackle's looking very thin. So, a lot of stock in those two. It's thin, and also it could play to a player's psychology, right? He's not being brought in here to start. He can maybe get his feet wet a little bit playing behind the other guy. So, if he is called upon, he's ready to play and he can answer the call. And hopefully, if he is asked to play, it's not for an extended period of time where this guy has somewhat of a track record. Maybe he can give you – one to three starts of yeah. decent football. It's not like we're asking him to start half a season. Who knows? Just knock on wood on all that. I'm, I'm really hoping that's not the case because we obviously 
want Makai Becton to have a career year, which I think Makai Becton will be good this year. I really do. It's it's now or never for Makai, right? You would think this would be the year? 100%. I mean, the team knows it. He knows it. He's got to put up or shut up this year. And George Fan is paying, uh, playing for his cash this year, a new contract, right? That's Absolutely. usually – Absolutely. That's usually a good incentive. I know it's only June, but have they mentioned if it's Fant's job to lose still at left tackle? Well, here's the thing that is interesting. Becton hasn't shown up to – it's not mandatory minicamp yet. It's still the voluntary portion, yeah. which Salah said this week that Makai Becton will be showing up for mandatory minicamp, and the Jets will have everybody there. So we'll really see where the Jets coaching staff stands right now I think Makai is the left tackle, though. I, I really do. It just doesn't make sense if he's I think, not. I'll put it this way. If he comes in the shape he should be in, he's healthy, he's in good shape, I think he will win the, the job left tackle. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about that a ton. And by the time next week, it, it is the offensive lineman that will break down. And I'm not necessarily sure when mandatory minicamp starts. Maybe it is next week. Maybe it isn't. Don't quote. Don't hold me to it. Hopefully, we, we do have those answers when we talk about the offensive line. And uh, just some other news this week. Zach Wilson wasn't necessarily great at Jets minicamp, uh, a little inaccurate through a couple interceptions. And just based off of all accounts, has a very good connection, though, with Tyler Conklin, the new tight end that the Jets brought in. DJ Bienname, our good friend from the New York Daily News, said that Conklin is the Jets tight end one. No questions about it. So... What do you think about – do you put a lot of stock into the June practices with Zach Wilson? Is it maybe a little bit of a concern? How much of a concern is that? And just your overall what you've been hearing and uh, your reactions. I mean, it's very slightly concerning. So it's really not concerning at all. It's, it's, it's June. They just got back into practice. Uh, Zach obviously had some issues last year with his completions, but I think he'll be better this year. And I, I think, you know, it's not, it's not doomsday quite yet. It's June, you know. It's not doomsday quite yet, but if we get to all, I think mandatory mini camp and anything before training camp, I'm not putting a ton of stock into, but I, I do put stock into training camp uh, that I do put stock into, especially when they put, put the pads on, on the practice field, because I have a hard time believing that if you're not performing in practice, you're going out there on Sundays and performing. I definitely agree. I mean, once it's time to, like you said, put the pads on and he looks exactly the same, you know, unsure of himself and throwing picks like he has been in practice, then that'll be something to talk about. And a lot of the beat writers are saying a lot of Zach's completions or just pass attempts in general are about five yards from the line of scrimmage, a lot of short and intermediate stuff. And it just makes me think a little bit. He had a lot of issues with those types of passes last year. Maybe that's a point of emphasis for the coaching staff before we get the training camp. Hey, we need to really iron that out so we can really evolve the playbook. We can't be running an offense where our quarterback can't throw the ball five yards and he's throwing erratically. You know what I'm saying? It's just something to think about. Absolutely. You got to iron out the, you know, all the problems when you have a, when the reps don't count pretty much, you know? Yep. We will have a ton more to talk about. Like we said, mandatory minicamp is right around the corner and listen, we're in June, almost mid June. It's almost go time end of July, it's time to get back for training camp. So should be exciting to watch. Hope, hope for the best with Zach Wilson. But on to Zach Wilson's targets. We'll start first with the wide receiver group. And 
what an what an infusion of talent this offseason. Finally, right? We we don't have to have fears of just think of all the characters, right? With Chris <laughs> Hogan, Jeff Smith, Vincent Smith, DJ Montgomery, who I heard made a nice catch, by the way, in practice uh, this week. The, the immortal DJ Montgomery. Sean, just the overall impressions of this group before we get into more of a, uh, a projection here. Well, first off, we got to stay healthy because we had some issues last year with health. I mean, that's just overall. Every year. Yeah, that's, that's the theme of the team. Can, can the Jets stay healthy for one year? I mean, it's tough. It's football, but yeah. I mean, the the starters off the bat, love them. You got Elijah, Gary Wilson, and Corey Davis. I'm a big Elijah Moore guy. I think he, he, he'll he be the number one. He's going to his second year, and uh, first year for rookies is obviously – most of the time, it's tough. I mean, there are, there are those diamonds in the rough, like like a Jamar Chase. But I think Elijah is going to be pretty good this year. Health, obviously, is a big factor. But you got Barrios behind them. Mims. Can Mims do anything this year? We'll see. I mean, we will see. But as, as a group, I like it. I do like it a lot. Well, that, that was my next question also was, I know you mentioned Elijah Moore being the number one receiver. In just rank these four guys for me because the Jets' top four receivers are currently Elijah Moore. They have Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios. Obviously, Garrett Wilson was drafted this year. Of those four guys, rank who you think will be who will have the most yards, the least amount of yards of the four. Ooh, ooh. I think Elijah will be number one in yards. Two is tough because, you know, we got the rookie and the veteran. Uh, I'll go Davis barely edging out Garrett Wilson there. And then Barrios four. I have a little bit of different rankings. I definitely think Elijah Moore will lead the team in receiving. I think Elijah Moore is going to have a monster year. I'm expecting 1,100 yards between seven to 10 touchdowns for Elijah Moore. Really taking that next step and being in that group with the other wide receivers from his draft class, right? we can finally look back at a draft class and say, look at all these great receivers that were drafted, right? And we don't have to say, <laughs> but the Jets chose our Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen or Stephen <laughs> yep. Hill or Devin Smith. We finally could say the Jets are in the group of all the good receivers. So it, it's a great feeling, <laughs> right? Seriously. Yeah. So I'm going Elijah at one. At two, I'm going Garrett Wilson. That's I'm going fair. Garrett Wilson. I, I think Garrett Wilson will have – I don't want to say a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, but it might be a late-season rise for Garrett Wilson. I think I said this last year a lot with Elijah Moore. It's going to start off not great, in my opinion. That That's a common thing with rookie wide receivers. They don't just hit the ground running like Jamar Chase on opening day, scoring two touchdowns for for 200 yards. It's usually a process, right? It's a, it's a whole new game. The passing concepts are all different. They literally have to learn an entire new playbook. You don't just do that in one offseason. You don't just go straight from the combine to your team and you're just lighting the world on fire. It just doesn't happen too often. So that's why I think like November, December, we start seeing those monster games and we start to really have a Elijah Moore 1A, Garrett Wilson 1B, and perhaps even going into next year, hey, it could be Garrett Wilson could be the 1A and Elijah Moore could be the 1B. So I, I think that that's a great scenario for the Jets. So Moore... Wilson, at three, I have a, I have a curveball. I think <laughs> no Braxton Barrios. I really – Wow. I, I am forecasting games played 
as well. I'm obviously not wishing for anybody to be injured, but Corey Davis is not usually available. And uh, I got to be honest with you, the Zach Wilson, Braxton Berrios is not going anywhere from this offense. I really, I really believe that if you really had to ask me, man, there will be a lot of times where they run, where they run three receiver sets this year with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Braxton Berrios in the slot. I really think that. Would, and then Davis hey, more. <laughs> I would I would be all for that. I mean, let's get creative here. Just when when Corey Davis was healthy, Zach definitely liked throwing him the ball. But there are more mouths to feed, obviously, with Garrett Wilson there. But it's going to be interesting because I, I agree with what you said about Garrett Wilson because it's tough for a rookie to be really good off the bat. But there's a lot of mouths to feed, you know? Yeah. There are a lot of mouths to feed. Zach Wilson played better without Corey Davis last year. Very well could be true. <laughs> he really was better. I don't think that's even much of a debate because I think last year as a rookie, he just felt this impulsive need to just feed Corey Davis the ball. Yeah. And I think that really helped when – I mean, I'm obviously not saying it was good that he got hurt, but I think without him, he started to spread the ball out more and really go through his reads. I think that's a real thing. Yeah. And it really all depends on Zach, but I see – both Corey and Wilson around 800 yards, maybe, you know, that little range right there. But I think he'll edge him out. Dude, I really think you're forgetting about Braxton Berrios, man. This offense was at its best when Braxton Berrios was getting the ball last year. It was – it was he was very good when he was in there, but there was nobody else there. You know, everybody else was hurt. Uh, He's a I good mean, player, though. I agree. He's good. I guess, but – they will find they, ways to give him the ball. You are right about that. The connection with Braxton Berrios and Zach Wilson was real. They had by far the best connection last year of all the pass catchers, and they obviously remain tight. I think I'm pretty confident in saying that. I really am. It'll be very interesting to see how they actually use Berrios because he was good and he was efficient. He was putting up some real good numbers. You're not wrong there. And uh, obviously rounding out the depth chart, there's our old buddy Denzel Mims. Sean, in, in your opinion, is Denzel Mims on the Jets opening day roster? Yes, I do think he makes the team. Um, maybe they try to trade him. Maybe they're pumping him up right now. To you know, He's in the greatest shape of his life. He looks good. Maybe they're trying to pump him up to trade him. But I think he'll be on the week one roster. Here's the thing with Mims. It's almost kind of reminiscent of Chris Herndon last year. Okay, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it, Chris Herndon last year, they were hyping. They were doing a really good job of hyping him up. And he got traded for a fourth-round pick. Which is absolute robbery because I know he didn't do a damn thing. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, who knows? I mean, what, I can what see if, someone what taking if, a chance on Mims, you know, sending what, a, who knows, what if, God knows what pick. What if somebody, what if somebody traded like a third round pick for Dak? Can you imagine? I mean, I think, I think we smash accept on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know though. I, here's my thing. He doesn't play special teams. That's really the only kind of negative or thing that's working against him in terms of making the team. If that makes sense, because usually you need like two receivers. How many receivers are they going to carry? 
How many did they carry last year? They, they carried six. But the six. thing is, though, they're not going to do what they did last year, though, because Mims didn't dress for most of the games. It, it's either – I think he either makes the team or – I think he makes the team. I mean, he was – I mean, I'm tired of making excuses for the guy, but he was going through a lot last year with the food poisoning and COVID and stuff. Man, new playbook. But I'm – I, I am Man wasn't the, lining up on sides. I'm tired of the excuses. No, <laughs> you are right. <laughs> in your – in your opinion, with Denzel Mims – is he – I'm trying to rephrase the – like, do you think there's still a player inside of him? Like, do you think there's any chance that he could still be, like, an NFL starting caliber receiver? Do you think he's just, like, he is what he is at this point? Or do you think the story's been been kind of written? I, I, it's a cop-out answer, but, like, I mean uh, – I think he could be effective. <laughs> Maybe it's not in this offense. Maybe they trade him to a team that can can use him because his rookie year, he, he looked good. Not great. He looked good. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, but I don't – I'll tell you what. I don't think he'll ever be a starter for the Jets unless something catastrophic happens to the st- actual starters. Yeah. On to the, the like, bottom-tier guys. So you figure the top four will make the team, and then there's just the competition with Mims. There's – Good old Jeff Smith, can't get rid of him. DJ Montgomery. And undrafted free agent Calvin Jackson Jr. That's really impressed a lot of people in in Jets training camp or training camp, mini camp, especially our good buddy DJ Bienname from the New York Daily News. Rolls off the tongue really well. I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, just it just sounds natural. I told I, I told DJ when I met him, I said, you know, I hope we I said I hope we have you for eternity. And he goes, eternity. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, like we don't want you to go anywhere. So, I don't know. I thought that was funny. So, uh, amongst the other guys, say the top four obviously make the team. Give me the last two guys that you want on this team. And remember, they have to play special teams. I'm not sure if this guy Jackson plays special teams. I Maybe he will. I mean, you, you would think he would as an undrafted free agent. It's not like he has the luxury of saying, I'm, not, I'm too good for that. Yeah. So give me two guys that you want to see on this team. So this is including Mims, right? We're carrying six is what you're saying. We're carrying six. I think they carry six with or without Mims also. With Mims, six, maybe five. Assuming th- everybody's healthy, obviously. I think Mims makes the team. Now, whether that's, you know – a hopeful statement at this point. Who knows? They didn't sign any receivers either, which bodes well for them. And like you said, this Calvin Jackson guy is making some noise. He looks to be decent. I, and who knows if he plays special teams like you said. I think Jeff Smith plays special teams, right? Yep, that's why he made the team last year. I think he'll make the team. They do I like think, him. Yeah, they do. Some, and they like T.J. Montgomery too, but I'll go with Jeff Smith. Yeah, Montgomery might be more of like a practice squad type guy. Maybe this guy, Jackson, more of a practice squad yeah. type guy that they stash on the practice squad. Um, and also, I believe they still have Tariq Black, or they might have waived him, but I don't know. No I thanks. think he's still there. Yeah. I think it's going to be Mims, and I think ultimately it'll be Jeff Smith, and they stash Calvin Jackson on the practice squad. Was Now, here's a question. Robbie Anderson, obviously undrafted free agent. Did he make the team off the bat? 
Oh yeah, he made the team off the bat, and he okay. played a lot too. I mean, the, the yeah. that wide receiver crew though was. Let, let's go back and remind ourselves. Also, uh, yes, this was with Decker. Okay, so this, this was, was Brit- sixteen or seventeen. This, this was year. sixteen, the year of okay. the meltdown with Fitz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, this was Fitz's second year. This is with Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Eric Decker got hurt after the first two games of the year. He never played again as, as a Jet. Really sad ending to a good a good Jet, yeah. Eric Decker. Unfortunately, it just wasn't for a long time. I really liked Eric Decker. But, yes, Robbie made the team. Robbie was the fourth wide receiver behind the first three, which were Marshall, Decker, and Quincy Anunua. Mm, Quincy. He did not get a fair shake. He was good. I liked him. We, Quincy actually responded to uh, one of our tweets. Oh, I remember, yeah. Not too, not too yeah. long ago. True Good story. Guy. Good guy. So, yeah, no, Robbie did make it right away. But Robbie, though, was – let's just say, I mean, if Robbie had some other things – he had some issues why he didn't get drafted. He probably yeah. – not probably, most certainly would have been drafted had he not had, you know, the issues with the academic ineligibility, some other issues, so – that's what led to that. So it might, might have been a different case. Yeah, for sure. Just uh, hope we get some luck with undrafted guy again. Absolutely. And to the tight ends, before we wrap up the show, we mentioned Tyler Conklin appears to be the tight end one. Coming over from the Vikings, Jets tight end group last year was horrible. So we'll take that. CJ Uzama coming over from the Cincinnati Bengals, AFC champion. Then Trayvon Wesco stays in the fold, the immortal Trayvon Wesco. We can't forget about him. Kenny Yaboa got a little bit of playing time last year. And also Lawrence Cager has transitioned to a tight end, formerly a wide receiver. And we can't forget also, how could I forget, the Long Island's heart, soul, and pride, Jeremy Ruckert as the third tight end behind Conklin and Uzama, followed by, obviously, Yaboa and Wesco. Sean, obviously – night and day from last year. We don't even need to debate that. We've, we've talked about that. What do you think about Conklin? Do you think he is the tight end one, or do you think it's just because it's just too early to tell? I mean, I'll put it this way. I believe the beat reporters when they say he's, he's a tight end one. Yeah, so do I. I definitely believe them. Uh, we got three hopefully quality tight ends, definitely two quality tight ends. Like We know that for a fact. So that's – Obviously, huge nine day from last year, like you said, and we're only going to carry three. You would think, right? They might carry Wesco as like they, he plays like that fullback hybrid role. Wesco. Fullback, fullback, tight end. Yeah, I think Wesco has a shot. I think, unfortunately, it's probably the end of the line for Yaboa, unless they they might practice squad him and um, Cager. But Wesco, I think, has a shot. I think Wesco would find work in the league, too, if the Jets got rid of him. I think somebody could use him. I think they'll carry Wesco unless they could find somebody to replace that that role that he plays, you know? The, yeah, the goal is to maybe have Ruckert yeah. be the blocking blocking tight ends. But you would think they would carry three tight ends. Yeah, and it's just – it's tough to transition to tight end uh, – in the NFL, so it's good to see Ruckert behind, you know, two quality guys so he can develop it into something really good. Yeah, the goal is that Ruckert is either the hopefully next year he's taken the step to be the tight end too. I don't know what the contract language looks like between Conklin and Uzama. Maybe one of them becomes expendable. 
that's the goal. If you took Ruckert in the third round over some other guys, some areas of need, definitely rooting for the kids. So hopefully that is the case. Um, I just want to go back to Conklin and Uzama. Now, here's my thing with this whole thing, and I, I expected this also when we signed Conklin. Conklin intrigued me, and I'm not surprised by this because last year was the first year we really got to see him play. Never really got a shot in Minnesota. There was always Kyle Rudolph there. Irv Smith Jr. was a guy they drafted pretty high. Last year was his shot with Irv Smith going down, and he really shined on a team where a lot of balls went to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and obviously Dalvin Cook in the backfield. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Minnesota. So Conklin intrigued me there. But C.J. Uzama has really been around in the league a long time. He has. And maybe he was brought in for more of – intangible reasons big part of why that Bengal team made the turnaround I'm not saying CJ is not a good football player but I'm not surprised that Conklin looks better because there's a good chance that he actually is better because last year he showed it and he's more of that mismatched vertical threat over the middle of the field whereas Uzama is more of a run after the catch type of guy and also a, a little bit better of a blocker I bet Conklin will play a lot of the slot and lined up out wide yeah I definitely agree some Biggest thought for Conklin and Uzama, definitely like that that leader type. He's been seen out with Zach and Berrios and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I mean, those are two two quality guys, and I definitely think Conklin will get you know the big passing down type of plays. Yeah, Uzama to me is like a, a security blanket type of guy, a check down guy that could take a check down to a first down just by hard running, can get upfield really fast, have a break off a couple of short run, you know, short completions into bigger runs because that is the wrap on the guy that he can get going when he has the ball in his hands and to me Conklin is more of that receiver type that is not as much of a blocker as CJ Uzama because he's always been that for the Cincinnati Bengals but coming over here you have two guys you want to run two tight end sets they were doing that last year with Ryan Griffin and Trayvon Wesco Ryan Griffin and and Oh, Tyler Croft, Croft for the yeah. three games they had him, it felt like, last year. So, this is an improvement. Yeah, definitely our most improved uh, position group right there, by far. It, it could not get any worse. They they couldn't have made it worse. And like you said, it's, especially for a team that wants to run some two tight end sets, that's what they gave us last year. I mean, hopefully they make it right this year and it prospers, but yeah. I think so. I think the addition, those two additions, and also Ruckert as well, will be a big reason why Zach Wilson takes the leap forward, if he indeed does so. I think he will. I think he'll take the quality step forward. Now that's, you know, DJ likes to debate on Twitter, you know, what, what the numbers should be for us to crown him the franchise quarterback, but I think he'll take a nice step forward this year. Yeah, I don't even want to get into that. We 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 have already <laughs> been on for a little while. We could we can spend the whole podcast on on that. I'm sure we will have that conversation about six times before <laughs> opening day starts. But Sean, that'll do it for tonight. Everybody will be back next week breaking down the offensive and defensive lines. If you don't follow us on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing. Follow us on Twitter at Jetsway Podcast. Check out our new almost sold out shirt. First merch drop at the Jetsway podcast, the Sauce Gardner shirts. They are very clean, very comfortable. Can't go wrong. 25 bucks shipped. Can't find this type of quality anywhere else, folks. So 
hit us up. Let us know your size. I think we have – there's a couple sizes that are sold out. I know that. I got to take a look at it again. But just hit us up if you're interested. And as always, go Jets. Go Jets. Bye, everybody.